Welcome, everybody, to Off the Board with Jimmy Train on SI.com. Good show for you today. I'm going to hear from my good friend, SI.com, media writer, media reporter. I like to call him the top media critic in the land, Richard Deitch. We're going to get into um, this NFL draft business where Fox now will be airing the draft in addition to ESPN and the NFL Network. Talk about all these people getting in trouble this week. WEI Radio not going to not going to air programming on Friday because their staff has to have sensitivity training. The Olympics always seems to be controversy there. So Richard and I will talk. You'll hear Richard and I talk about that. And then after Richard, I'm joined by ESPN writer Rosh Markazi, who I used to work with at SI.com back in the day. Full disclosure: we we always got along. We're friends and. If you follow him on Instagram or Twitter and you just know his work, he has a very fascinating life in that he's at every cool event, covers wrestling, he's at Super Bowl parties, he's at covers the Lakers, the Clippers. So we get we get into like Arash's role there at ESPN and, and all the fun he has, and it's a very fun chat. So that is this episode of Off the Board. First Richard Deitch, then Arash Markazi. Here's Richard Deitch. All right, joining me now, there was some news in the that came out on Wednesday about the NFL draft, and I find it very interesting. So I had to go to the top media critic, reporter, writer in the country, my colleague Richard Deitch, to break things down for us. Richard, how are you? Jimmy, why not, if you're looking for the top gun, why not just interview yourself? It's a little egotistical if I did that. But uh, I, this I, is a good role reversal. You're usually on my podcast, so I'm happy to be on with you. You've been on with my on mine plenty of times. But before we get to the draft, I want to ask one question. You're a huge right. Olympics guy. I'm not. I True. feel like every day, though, I, I see these stories on the periphery about like NBC announcers having some apologize. Katie Kirk said something, <laughs> and someone else said something, and there was a graphic with PF Chang's, and now Bodie Miller got in trouble. What is going on with the Olympics here, as in the in terms of media? Well, I mean, there's always – it's a major sporting event, right? It's on for 16 days. There's always going to be – there's always going to be somebody saying something <laughs> where they screw up or, in the, you know, in the P.F. Chang case, just a local news organization just making, like, a horrible graphics era. Katie Couric, uh, during the opening – yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of times during the opening ceremonies, things sometimes get said where they rightfully uh, – you know, people are rightfully offended uh, – by what the commentator said, either ethnic groups or geographic groups. The Bodie Miller comment when he um, suggested that an Austrian skier uh, may, her performance may have been hurt by marriage. I mean, that's just, that's dumb. Uh, you know, if you, if you want to sort of maybe give me something interesting about, okay, when I got married, there were all these challenges on my time as a professional skier, and so here's what you have to do, and that's what makes it challenging. Like, that's kind of interesting. Right. But to sort of throw the flip-away line, uh, you know, and I think Miller kind of recognized and realized that he kind of was a little bit too I also think, listen. There and, and eventually apologized. But, you know, there's also going to be the backlash is always going to be, you know, PC, everybody's a snowflake, can't, can't people talk. Well, but, you know, when people say some... When people say some asinine things, they should apologize. But also, but also, that's that's one on one. But don't you think? I don't want to like sit here and just defend it. But I also think when someone's a former athlete and they've been an athlete their whole life, and then they go into the booth, this is what's going to happen. I mean, 
athletes are used to talking a certain way. You know, this isn't sometimes. I mean, it did, yeah. didn't happen with Tony Romo, right? It doesn't always happen. No, but I'm saying it's when if you're going to use former athletes, the chances of this happening are more than if you use a you know Vern Lundquist. That's all I'm saying. Uh, well, yeah. Well, I mean, listen, Vern Lundquist. You know, Vern Lundquist obviously has <laughs> like 50 years in the. I, I'm just but saying. I bet you Vern, like when, when Vern was young, he might have like dropped an F bomb or so uh, <laughs> accidentally. The, 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 the one thing I, I appreciate from Bodie Miller at least is that he was very quick to apologize and kind of at least point out the apologies come um, quick these days. What he did. Yeah, the apologies. Yeah, come now quick. you know you ho- you honestly you hope the apology or the clarification is honest and not just. CYA because your PR people told you. All right, one more before we get to the draft. This WEEI thing. So, so uh, Christian Fourier does a an Asian accent, gets suspended. Right. Before that, I guess I guess the station was was part of the Ron Borges thing. I I mean, they had the guy who tricked Ron Borges on the air. Um, Right. And now they're shutting down for the day on Friday for sensitivity training. Can you shed any light on what the hell is going on over there? Well, the board just, I mean, the, the sensitivity stuff is not really connected to the board just stuff um, at all. It's, they've had a series of incidents where, you know, they've had multiple um, on-air personalities suspended. Obviously, one of their guys was suspended for calling Tom Brady's kid. Uh, I think a little pissant. Right, that right, the right, right. Phrase. And then Foria just, I mean, there's no way around it. It's an absolute, like, racist, like, uh, mocking of Don Yee, uh, you know, Tom Brady's agent. And then Foria goes into, like, you know, the worst of the worst, like, ethnic stereotype, uh, you know, like, voice imitations. And the guy should have been suspended. What, what this, in terms of the sensitivity training stuff, obviously that got a lot of, attention and i'm sure some hardcore wei fans are pissed off about it but like this is all about jimmy advertising and sponsorship now, I, i'm not convinced and also and also management of the, the, the and also I, i'm not convinced the management of go ahead, go ahead and also the red Sox. i think at some point because well yeah they're a factor and, and you know there's obviously the, the boston globe has been very very hard on wei and john henry red Sox owner also of the globe but to me this is not a fundamental shift in the philosophy or changing of sports talk radio or WEI. This is WEI seeing that some sponsors are threatening to pull or have pulled, and they got to do something PR-wise to stem the tide and to try to, like, keep their sponsorship there. So it's kind of – it was a weird decision that they made. Like, I, it it almost comes off comical. Like, I, I don't – like, could you really expect dudes to change in one day of sensitivity training? Oh, it's hilarious. Like, if, you, if, you, if, you want, if you want to convince me that you're really changing, well – management come out and like say here's what we dislike here's what we don't if these guys go down this road again they're going to be fired or we're firing this person for having done this but i, I feel like and again i've been on wei and I, and I and i enjoy a lot of their stuff i think other stuff is awful but until like until we see like any kind of real fundamental change I, this just feels like window dressing to me and a way to protect them from having any I, other advertisers fleet. I want to throw a crackpot theory at you. Um, right. There is no hotter media company, sports media company, than Barstool. Barstool okay. um, originated and is really huge in Boston. That's where you know Dave Portnoy is from, and Boston is a big part of Barstool. And B- Barstool, right. and I give them a massive amount of credit for this, they 
can do what they want and they do what they want. Even with all these changes in terms of sales and this and that, they they do their thing. Do you think like EEI in a way is trying to like compete or keep up with or emulate or cut? Why is it always EEI? Like you don't hear about this at other radio stations around the country. Why is it? I mean, isn't this the station that called Aaron Andrews a bitch after her? After the, uh, the, I mean, why is it always EEI? Yeah, it seems but, like? I, 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 yeah, gutless bitch, right? Uh, um, yeah, which Kirk Manahan was suspended. Well, I think Boston radio, sports talk radio, is very, very aggressive. It 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 it, it absolutely sort of plays on that line of like being over the top edgy and then going over the top. I think their callers are aggressive. I know the talent in the market, you know, the producers and stuff are aggressive. I, I think some of this does happen elsewhere in the country, but, you know, you have a hyper-competitive, aggressive, sometimes nasty market, and um, you have two radio stations, Jimmy, competing against each other. That's right. where I actually think is where this is from. I understand where you, the, bar, there's some, the barstool comparison is kind of interesting, and you could probably sort of, you know, play around with some parallels. But I think the main reason for it is right. I think – these sports talk in Boston is as powerful as news in New York or or Latin music in New York. They're, they're the number one and like number two stations in the market, and I think that over the top competitiveness has driven one of those stations, EEI, to probably go to politically incorrect places where most other radio stations would not go to. Is that ESPN PR calling you in the background to complain about something you've uh, written? It's, I think it's, it might be WEI calling. Skip Bayless on the line. Pick it up. Um, and, I, and keep, I, keep keep that in there. Or yeah. natural sound is always good. For yes, thank you. I'm going to keep it in. And and my and that's not a knock on Barstool because I'm not even saying they would do it. I just think my thing is this: Barstool has very limited well, rules. Bar, Barstool doesn't have to. Barstool doesn't have to play by the same. That's they're, they're, the, on, they're on satellite radio. They're they're not they're not over the commercial airwaves. Right. They, they not not that I think what that dude said about Chloe Kim. That guy should have been run from his other station. But like they don't have to play by the same rules that. WEI does, that's, or that we do. That's WFAM my point. Does. My point is, how are the EEI people not smart enough to understand that they're on a radio station where they have certain rules with advertisers, with FCC, blah blah blah. You know, th- they you do. Tr- under, they they do understand it. They're just they're they're they have tried to their their marketing play and their DNA has been to always do this. Uh, what's changed is that they're now being called out for it by sponsors. Right. That's all that's right. changed, and that's. That obviously scares the parent company, Entercom, because that's where the money is. Right. That, that's, I think, the only difference is I think they, I think they're just the management's freaking out because when you lose, start losing sponsors, you know, and when the Boston Globe, not just the sports side, but the news side, starts going after you, you know, right. if you're a management person, that's some that's some heavy shit. I just, it's weird. Like we're at SI, we have to be careful about certain things. You're on a radio station, an AM radio station, you got to be careful about certain things. But clearly, people there are not always careful. Um, all right, let's get to this NFL draft thing because it's really fascinating from a ESPN perspective and a NFL business perspective because now I I read and maybe you can confirm Fox is going to add the draft. This is a 5-year deal now. Is that accurate? I thought I read uh, fi- that, that I I mean I, where did you read I, I that don't I remember. don't know, but that if you read it from somebody credible, I would tend to believe so it. So ESPN cannot be happy about this. No, they're, I mean ESPN is pissed off about this. I mean, certainly their their NFL draft football crew that I can that I can confirm. Okay, so um, what? Give me. Do you think what is the NFL's mindset here? Just get the draft on free TV. I think the NFL's mindset here is to um, up the number of people who watch the NFL draft to get a better NFL draft story, which they absolutely will. And two, 
I think part of this is this is um, this is this was given to Fox as part of the um, Thursday night deal that they've just come around on and paid a lot more money. I, I think there was a promise somewhere in NFL circles that if you guys want the option to telecast the draft, you have it. From what I understand, other networks could have done this over the years. Like it was open to CBS and NBC, and they just opted not to do it, obviously because they had programming on you know, Thursday, Friday night that they thought could beat the NFL draft. Right. Fox obviously changing up their, uh, you know, their sort of their, their DNA and going to more scripted and news and sports shows. They have, they have inventory to put it there. So I think it was, I think the NFL one wants more people to watch the draft, which they absolutely will get with Fox. You know, you're just adding more people to the, to the tent because Fox is an over the air network. And then I think this was part of the larger money that Fox paid for Thursday night football. And this was part of the, uh, you know, some love that they're going to get. And, and the likelihood is, if you believe all Rams reporting, and I almost always do, um, they're going to get a they're going to get the ESPN wild card game. Almost always, that's a shot at all Rams. Well, that's my point. Is, no, I, is, I, I, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. ESPN is paying one point nine. Your phone's breaking up. Talk clearly. Come on. Uh, go ahead. There you go. ESPN is paying one point nine billion billion would it be for month for right. basically mostly. Crappy Monday Night Football games, and now Correct. they're going to lose a playoff. Well, not just gonna, that, but the, the right, you know, the right highlight, very extended highlight. Right, right but that's not um, right. But the point is, they're going to lose the playoff game, and now they're going to the draft is going to go on free TV. ESPN okay. has to be wondering what the hell's going on, right? I mean, well, I mean, I think historically the NFL has always kind of given ESPN short shrift, and you see that with the Monday Night Football schedule. Um, they believe, and this is their philosophy of the NFL, and they're probably right about this, that they have the leverage because they're, they're an over-the-air net television game. They have Fox, CBS, and NBC. So while, yeah, they're happy with ESPN's money, they already have these networks when it comes to sort of providing their product. And the NFL looks at it, interestingly enough, that they're doing ESPN a favor by providing, giving them their content, not the other way around. Oh, please. Um, I mean, the NFL is getting $1.9 billion from me. I mean, correct. it's a weird... I agree with you. Yeah. I, I think ESPN has more leverage than they've always thought, but here's the deal. You know, Facebook comes in and offers the same kind of money, and then goodbye ESPN, you know? So that's that's where the NFL has its its um, its power from. But it is um, it really is a public slap of ESPN because... Yeah. Um, you, you've killed their, in my opinion, you've just killed their draft viewership. Now, are, are, will more people watch an ESPN than Fox? Yes. Will more people watch an ESPN than the NFL Network? Yes. But you, you, you make, you probably have given, you probably just cut their viewership number by twenty or thirty percent, which is a killer. I, I don't it's know if I, I don't in know terms if, of selling. I don't know if I necessarily agree with that. I because I do think this. I think one of the things ESPN has going for it and will always have going for it is habit sports fans gravitate toward espn it's been ingrained in us for 30 right. years yeah for, for sure for sure so i do think people but, out but of here, habit I mean, I, will go to the you, espn you think, i didn't interrupt you you don't think people would would once they it's on free fox you don't think they would try out the nfl network's coverage on free fox just because it's 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 in so i mean here's fox is going to be in how many more homes than espn just 10, 10, 15 million more homes just as an, on an average. I, I, I think I actually think Fox would get more bang for its buck if they used their own broadcast. Oh, well, I think they're going to have some Fox people, but 
but it's still going to be the Eisen, yeah. Mayock, and it's not, know, maybe Glazer's and, part of that or whatever. And I don't mean it as a knock on the NFL Network crew because I like Eisen a lot. I think it's more of just giving people a third option. The curiosity factor would be there to check it out. I'm not sure that – like there's no curiosity factor because we've watched the NFL Network draft coverage for years. So, Yeah, I know what you're saying. Yeah. I, I I don't know if Fox wants to go for that, though. That's a lot of, you know, that's a lot of production, a lot of staffing. Here's one. You know, Fox, Fox should use their own production and then put Berman and Tom Jackson on the draft coverage. Huh. Well, the one thing that Fox doesn't have, they don't have a draft. Do they have a draft expert? And that, that's a big one. I don't know if you know if they have that at their place. Right I mean, now. they could use, I guess, a Schrager. They could use uh, Joel Klatt, maybe. Um, I guess. Or maybe you take, like, Bleach Reports, Matt Miller, or something like that, and yeah. the real draft next. But, yeah, that's the one thing that ESPN and, and uh, NFL Network have. You know, they have um, – they have Piper, they have McShay, they have Mayock and Bucky Brooks. Like they have people in place who like do draft 365 days a year. Right. All right. Should we look for anything else to happen with this story, or it is what it is, and that's it? Do you think there'll be any? No, probably. I'm, trust me, I'm I'm behind on it. Follow O'Rand. He's been beating right. me on all this stuff. Um, I would think that uh, I would think we're going to soon hear from Fox about what their plans are. Right. When it comes to the draft, and I think what's clear is this is how i read it i think the nfl is sort of giving espn a sign here that like hey if you really are thinking about bailing out on us or you know hey if you're really not that interested in football anymore you know we're going to be okay the one thing and this is a it's still just ESPN, so weird honestly, it's still weird to me because ESPN is, is still paying so much money but go ahead i want to praise espn here and i think they honestly deserve it they are out of all the network partners the only one that reports on the nfl Fox is a PR arm. No offense to. I mean, listen, Glazer, to his credit, absolutely will break some stories. And they have some reporters who break it. But it's never the kind of stuff that ESPN does. I mean, the real hard investigations on CTE and backroom dealings. And so you, I always I don't think they're the only one who does that. You don't think HBO does that yeah. with real sports and no, no, I'm talking no, I'm talking about rights holders. Oh, okay, broadcast okay. the league. All right. So I always wonder in the back of my mind if. If the NFL likes to sort of give the screws to ESPN, because they're really the only ones who are rights holders, who are also reporting on them pretty hard. Right. I don't know if that's true, but that's always for me. But no, no I mean, listen, HBO and some others absolutely report hard, but they don't. They don't. You know, they're not doing the games like Fox, CBS, and NBC. I mean, just can you remember any of those networks reporting something that really, really, really pissed the NFL off? I, uh, it just I don't know. generally speaking doesn't happen outside of Glazer occasionally finding something you follow that they stuff don't really do it way more closely than me which is why you're the top media critic in the nation <laughs> um all right. what else is what else is going on in the jimmy trainer world i'll give you one right now he has a great tweet that just came down from andrew marshawn who recently left the yankee beat to cover media <laughs> okay. for the new york post you ready for this i'm gonna read you the tweet my god warner wolf suing don imus for age discrimination your thoughts Ooh, <laughs> it's a great scoop by Marshall. That's a good I love one. That. That's uh, uh, wait a minute. Is it Warner Wolf and Don Imus are both pretty old? So what is the? I, how does that work? I just saw the tweet as we were doing this interview. Oh, Warner, what, does Warner was you know what? I think Warner Wolf was on the I, wherever yes. Imus is now. He was the, he was the sports guy. It, Warner, so he's going to claim that Imus fired him. It says that Warner, uh, Imus fired Warner, Warner Wolf at the end of 2016 because of age discrimination. Isn't Imus like 5,000 years old? I mean, 
Yeah, I, I, I just like Don Imus. I'm not an Imus guy. I don't think you are either as a Stern guy. So The suit says um, Imus. I, root against, Imus. I, I, I generally speaking root against Imus in every capacity. It says, yeah, this, in the suit, uh, the suit says Imus replaced Wolf, then 78, because of his age and height. Cinder Rosenberg, who was 30 years younger. And then Wolf claims that Cumulus refused to honor severance for 26 weeks of pay. Oh, well, so there's the money. Yeah. First of all, to be Don Imus' update guy, you can be 100 years old. This, you know, right. shouldn't be laid off. For any reason, Warner Wolf's a legend. I'll take. I'm. I'm. Uh, if I have to side in that fight, that's a knockout for me. I want. I, I, I'm siding with Warner Wolf. Anyone outside of New York probably doesn't know what the hell we're talking about. But Warner Wolf. Oh, Don. No, Don Imus is pretty famous. No, no, I know. But Warner Wolf, an icon in New York. And definitely. And you One can the, the forerunners of the video. And you appreciate this more than most. Literally the only guy in the world back in the early 80s who would do WWE highlights as part of WWF at that point highlights during his newscast, sportscast. That, wow, that I did not remember. That's oh, yeah. amazing. Oh, yeah. When he would always do like, you know, oh, you know, WWF at the Garden. Here's Hulk Hogan. He beat the Iron Sheik, you know. Wow. Yeah. Well, that I did not know. That's kind of amazing. Yeah. That's a really ahead of its time. All right, um, I appreciate you giving me a few minutes here. What's going on in your world? In your who is, who is who is the, who who is the guest before me? Well, I'm going to have Arash after you. I'm going to put you first in the power. Arash start. Markazi is a, is a all right, yeah. former colleague. Arash Markazi. Yes. Did ESPN PR ESPN PR green like that? They did. They did. Right, Very right. nice. Of them. Congratulations. What's did going? You, did you get a? Uh, did you have to? Um, were you in? You know, did you get the pre-interview from ESPN PR to find out what would have been discussed, what will be discussed on the interview? Nope, they just gave me the green light. Uh, I'm not. Right, I, right, I, I I I love Arash, and I'm and I I don't think he's really a controversial figure who's gonna yeah yeah come I mean, on yeah, and yeah the the odds of Arash uh, yeah yeah you know, going uh, full blown Brexit and uh, right. You know, uh, Trump Trump pop the John you is pretty low. Yeah, I don't think it's like I don't worry about like a Keith Olbermann deal or something like that. Um, yeah. what, who's on your podcast this week? Uh, Jonathan Abrams, who wrote uh, an oral history of the the HBO show The Wire. Okay. Uh, uh, really great book. And so, yeah, he's, and he's done uh, – Jonathan Abrams worked for Grantland, worked for The New York Times. He's, he's been around for a while. And, do you, uh, great do, book. Do you, have next week, do you have next week's podcast booked? Not booked yet. Uh, uh, got a couple people in mind, but nothing, nothing firm yet. Okay. Let's scramble. All right. Hopefully we don't try to get the same guest. Yeah, well, it's always a possibility. Are there any other media stories we need to touch on? Mm, no. I mean, I haven't. Well, when's this coming out? Today, Thursday. Today? Yeah. Yeah, I can't get I have a really good story tomorrow. I, it's a fun one. It's not like breaking news or anything, right. but it's a fun story that will come out. I guess I have some big news. Uh, it, involves, it, it, it involves Iron Eagle. But, oh, okay. Uh, I love the Birdman. Uh, yeah, check, check that out tomorrow. I have not <laughs> seen any tweets today from The Athletic about hires, so... That's <laughs> they only hired. Yeah, they I, have, I don't. I think they hired what they seven hired seventy-eight people this week. They have at least have. Uh, I think all for announcing have a twenty of thirty MLB team staff, which is pretty amazing. A day without an athletic hiring is like a day without sunshine. It seems like it is. I mean, today is the day that it didn't happen. I would not be surprised though. For the next couple of days, you know, they got more baseball writers coming in. <sighs> It's an interesting, uh, it's an interesting move. You know, loading up on baseball. Yeah, I, 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 I think their site's terrific, and I, and I wish them a lot of luck. Um, is there anything baseball coming up? Is there anything there we need to discuss? I guess not. 
no, I can't think of it. I mean, I mean, this is where you know a rock will provide you with some good NBA content. It's just this. This is the sports dead time. So we need the media. We need media stories to ca- you know carry it. I mean, listen, they've done a good job. Everyone seems to be getting in trouble. Well, and- w. I mean, yeah, WEI seems to have provided, and, the, and the, clearly this whole week, like you said, with the Olympics, somebody always says something dumb. Mike Francesa was 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 on locally on WOR radio two nights ago with my friend Salicata. He said he's still not made a decision about his future. Do you believe that? Yes, I do believe that, but I do believe that we will hear very soon what it is. You know, there's he, no way France, we don't know what Francis is doing. He, no, he said he uh, won't be announcing anything until the next month. No, he, he said he won't be announcing till anything until April. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, but I think he's going to have something there. Um, going to be fascinating to see what he, what he ends up doing. Just from a you know, business perspective. If you're, if, you're, if, you're, yeah, if you're a New York fan, I agree with you. I feel like he needs the juice of like live radio and the calls, but I'm not sure that's going to happen. So I'm not. I, I, I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't see it. Yeah. I don't. I don't think you'd go from WFA and then just write to another radio station. That seems crazy. Or a podcast. Or yeah, well, maybe. I still think he'll need more than that. Yeah. All right. Um, I appreciate the time, and uh, everyone can check out Richard's work on SI.com. Media Circus is his column. The SI Media Podcast, I believe, is the name of the podcast. That is correct. And right. uh, I don't know. This was very civil, all, very civil conversation. All, I know all the all the plugs in. Thank you. I'm trying Thank to think, you, Jackie, is it, joke, did it have any? Oh, I let's end it on this. How about the phenomenal tweet you sent out this week, where someone said, "Stick to." Aren't you supposed to tweet about sports? And you said, "I tweet about life." That was some yeah. fucking mic drop. <laughs> I was just being wise, ass. but yeah, it's very <laughs> frustrating when people do the stick to sports stuff. It's just nonsense. I want to like wallpaper your cubicle with that tweet that says I tweet about life right this is why you need hobbies <laughs> alright now. okay that was a good way to end it I tweet about life love it alright thanks Richard alright Jimmy All right. a- another exciting yeah. uh, another exciting appearance thank you Jimmy thank you keep tweeting about life <laughs> goodbye alright joining me now full disclosure someone who I go way back with because I used to work here at SI.com now he's at ESPN, and if you follow him on Twitter and especially Instagram, you know he's all over the place and does a crazy amount of fun things. So we want to hear all about it, and he's Arash Markazi. Arash, how you doing? How are you, Jimmy? Good to be on. Thanks for coming on. It's been a while, and uh, I had to – I think the – the main thing I saw recently from you, because you've always been like all over the place, but somehow Super Bowl weekend, you got into the private Justin Timberlake concert at Paisley <laughs> Park. Now, how did you pull that one off? That's a great question. You know, that was the one party that I wanted to get into as soon as I heard about it, because it was at Paisley Park. It was Justin Timberlake. Um, I'm like, how do, like, how do I do it? You know, so uh, this was a, an American Express event, so I just kind of tried to figure out, you know, who's, who's putting it on, who I have to contact, and um, it wasn't as hard as I thought, to be honest, you know. I mean, in terms of as soon as I found out who it was, it was actually someone that, that I knew. So, you know, when you do this long enough, there's people who get other companies and events who put on parties and stuff and so i contacted them and i say hey, listen this is the one party that i would love to get into if possible it's prince it's paisley park it's Justin timberlake so that was awesome uh, the instagram photo you have where you're in the background of jt singing <laughs> is one of the best pictures 
of all time. It's it's that's the thing though. You got in, and then you also somehow managed to get pretty close to him. Well, so here's the thing, Jimmy. Like they confiscated our cameras. Which listen, like normally it should be you're happy, you can just enjoy the show, you can have a good time. But in 2018, in the kind of like the role that I have of like kind of trying to capture these moments. I'm like, wait, then like I, I, I like I'm not myself. I, I need to take pictures. I need to, I need to, you know, do something. So thankfully, they had a live stream of the show, and a friend of mine did a screen grab of uh, that okay. moment. And I'm very, I'm very thankful that they did because there was no replay of it. Like I think they just showed it one time and it was over. So uh, uh, that that was like my one picture that I was kind of able to prove that that I was there. I didn't even know there was a live stream of it. Um so they confiscated yeah. all the phones. Yeah, so I I think and they do these in some shows and concerts now where they put it in this package or bag and they seal it. And so you have it but you can't you can't like access your phone and then once the show is over the unlock it and then hand it back to you but it's a very weird thing like you you see people and you're like oh we gotta take a picture it's like oh shoot i can't i (laughs) i can't talk to you or so so in one sense it was cool it was like in the old days where you just went to a show and just kind of enjoyed yourself right and in another you're like i want to take these pictures and capture these moments right i mean if you can't put it on ig what's the point so it didn't, it, it didn't happen if you didn't take a picture. Exactly. All right, so I probably should have started with this. Get, let's give give me a little, what is your role exactly at ESPN? What is your... That's a good question. Yeah, you know what? So we have this new technology. I mean, it's not new, but it's sort of a developing technology called Shortstop, which is a little bit like our version of Twitter on um, ESPN.com, where instead of me just tweeting something out and it goes on Twitter and then someone back in Connecticut can see it and say, hey, that's good, can you send us something? It goes straight to the website. And so, and that works not just with text, but like a video clip, a picture. Um, and this has been really super handy in a few events I've been at where, you know, for example, like when I was in China during that whole like LeVar Ball situation, you know, the stuff that I was sending it was on shortstop, so it, it, it's not just on Twitter. TV has it, so if it's a good clip that they want to use on TV, they have access to it. It's immediately on our site, so that's cool. Like, there's no, you know, the, the, there's not a process of like it, it, it has to be, it, it, um, like, it, like it has to be sent, and there's someone back there checking it. So it's really quick like that. But like Twitter is super short. Like these aren't full length stories. They're just, hey, here's a clip a LeVar Ball talking about his son, who's now been detained in China. So um, it's a little bit different. i got to be honest with you. I mean, because obviously, but, you know, back when I first started, they didn't have this technology. It was like you went to an event and you sat down in front of a laptop and you did your story. These are more like quick hit stuff where I'm like, I'm like get an event and i got to churn things out super quickly. But is your job just to cover fun stuff? I like to think of it that way. It doesn't always happen that way, but yeah, I mean, listen, I'm on this this amazing beat where I get to cover, like, this job didn't exist when I was in school, so the fact that I not only get to cover traditional sports, but WWE, League of Legends, which is, like, another thing altogether, like, that's something that we're covering. Like, it's right. a lot of fun. Right, like, and, then you do like, being- and then you do, like, the Lakers and the Clippers, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so like that's like that's the that was the dream when I was a kid. Like I'd love to cover the, the Lakers. That's I want to work for the Los Angeles Times and I want to so, cover the Lakers. 
So yeah. do you have someone who gives you your assignments or do you also pitch things and try to convince ESPN to send you to things like, you know, I don't know, um, media day or whatever or it's both yeah, yeah like like it's both like for example like the conversation we're having right now the first two rounds of the ncaa tournament uh, are in san diego a part of me like would like to actually be at it you know like in san diego to watch these games live but as you know jimmy the place to be is in las vegas right for the first two rounds of the tournament so that's the conversation that we're currently having where a part of me is like I like Vegas, but a part of me like wants to be in San Diego. So we're having that conversation. We have that conversation about um, other things as well. Like this is happening, but we'd rather have you here. Like when there's like two events happening at the same time. Um, but it's amazing. Is there I mean, anything? Like, it's, 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 it's is, is there anything you wanted to cover that they said no to that bummed you out? Um, you know the so the final four. And, 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 and WrestleMania are always on the same weekend. Right. And I love WrestleMania, so I've always picked that over the Final Four. And so um, that's always tough. The Kentucky Derby is always on the same weekend as a big fight. That's Cinco de Mayo weekend. So, like, like at some point in my life, I'd like to cover the Kentucky Derby. I'd like to cover the Final Four. But I mean, it's not like it's not something that I wanted to cover, and they and they said no to. I'm trying right. to think if, if there's something that I wanted to cover, and they said no to. But no, I mean, it's just, it's just been it's, so it's crazy, yeah. So just by scrolling through your Instagram, it looks like so you were at the Super Bowl. Did you go to the game? Yeah. Did you go to the the? Yeah. Act? Okay, so you went to the game. You were at Media Day. You asked Tom. You were there with Tom Brady. You were at yeah. the Timberlake concert. You were at the Royal Rumble. I see pictures here awesome. with you and Jake the Snake Roberts, you and Mean Gene Okerlund, and then it looks like you were also at the national title game. This is a great picture where you're on the sidelines, um, which is awesome. Like I've never done that before, so they they because that was on our TV, so they kind of gave me the opportunity to um, like. There's this idea where like I'm in like the right place at the right time, so like maybe if we give you like this field vest, which. Uh, Listen, I got to lose some weight. I mean, that vest was super tight on me. Uh, that was a lot of fun to be on that field. But uh, it, it was weird because you got all these like professional cameras, and there's one picture, Jimmy, where like like everyone's holding like these like great cameras. I'm there with like so my freaking iPhone. So, like, so you know, was that your si- so that was that your assignment that day to go there? And I mean, you have yeah, the vest on. And- so the Rose Bowl, for example, I did the same thing, and I just happened to be there when that Georgia linebacker said, um, humble yourself to uh, Sam, uh, not Sam Bradford, B- Baker. Uh, right, Baker Mayfield. Know, uh, Baker Mayfield. Yeah. So th- th- that's a situation where it's like, okay, we're at right place, right time. I captured that moment. I shortstopped it. It's on SportsCenter that night. It- it- it's on our website. So they're like, hey, like, listen, for these moments where, like, it's on our TV, like, maybe if we put you on the field – you'll find, like, you'll talk to Blake Griffin on the sideline, or you'll right. be there for some, like, cool thing that, that um, happens. Well, that's what's funny. So then, like, you scroll down on your Instagram, and then you're on the other side of the country, and then you're in New York at the Heisman Trophy, it seems like. like it- yeah. So the Heisman <laughs> thing just happened to be there because I was there for a fight. I think it was, like, Miguel Cotto's last fight. Um, so I was in the garden for that, and then while that was happening, it was like the Heisman Trophy, and like the trophy was there, and I'm like, hey, can I hold it? And so I took so, a picture with the Heisman Trophy. So when you were at SI, you did a lot of writing, and I know at ESPN, you do a lot of TV hits. Do, do you, are, is TV like your ultimate goal? Do you like doing TV the best, or you don't care? Or? I do, 
really, I never dreamt of doing TV. Like, I, I got into sports journalism because, like, I was super shy. Like, I wanted to write. So, like, my, my, like, my goal is just to do good stories and write. But, like, you can't do this job in 2018 and not, like, actually be on TV. So now I teach once a week at USC, and that's the conversation I have with my students as well. It's like, listen, I know you love to write, and I love to write as well. But if you do a great story, they're going to put you on TV. Hopefully, you have these opportunities. And so uh, that was something I never dreamt of doing. Like, at SI, I was just happy to be there. And I didn't do a ton of TV. I don't think I did any TV at all. So when I came to ESPN, that was, like, my first time. And, like, that's a hell of a thing. Like, the first time you're doing TV, it's on, like, ESPN. I'm like, oh, boy, let's see how this goes, you know? Yeah, I give a lot of people – I give a lot of credit to people who can make that transition because if – your whole life, you know, like me, for instance, like I've done web stuff and I don't really have an interest in doing TV. And some people, yeah. like you said, I mean, it's sort of like, you know, it's it's tough to do this and not get into the whole like video TV thing. Um, so for anyone who then gets into it, I, I give them credit because it's not an easy thing. Yeah, because listen, I mean, if you want to. I don't know how people kind of grade success, but if you want to get paid more and if you want to do all these cool things, like 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 you're gonna have to at least have the capability of doing TV. And a good example of that, I keep going back to like this China thing because, again, like right place, right time. They gave me this uh, iPhone that has the capability of doing TV, so I'm doing Sports Center hits from Shanghai. Now, it would be one thing if I just turned in the story, but like I'm more valuable to them that like I'm able to go on TV from Shanghai. On an iPhone, that's pretty impressive. Isn't that amazing? That's yeah, crazy. Yeah. Um, looking at your Instagram bio, I got a real kick out of this because you said followed and unfollowed by Kobe <laughs> Bryant and LeBron James. Give me like this, like why did you get followed and why did you get unfollowed? No, you know so. The moment that you get followed by those guys and you get that notification, it's like a, kind of like a career highlighter. They're like, whoa, like, I am on their radar. At this moment in time <laughs> in life, they are following me. Now, what I don't know is if there was a particular tweet, if there was a series of tweets, or if there, what happened to cause them to not follow me. So when you find out that someone's following you, it's cool. And then when you find out that they're not following you, yeah, the pain. Um, you're like, oh. The pain, the heartbreak, yeah. Right? Did you? <laughs> I don't know why that happened. I get nervous because I have no shame, and I'm just a big loser. So if I get someone who I like in terms of a celebrity who follows me, I know, like right away, I struggle with myself because I have to resist not DMing the person. Like well, if listen, LeBron, f- like thing- if, if LeBron followed me, I'd probably DM him within five seconds. <laughs> well, my favorite social media friendship, and I'm assuming you guys have met in person, you and The Rock is like my favorite social media friendship. Because you, you, I, if I didn't know any better, I would have thought you guys are like longtime friends. It's 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 funny how people can be fooled by Twitter because that's so not the case. <laughs> I mean, I wish it was the case. I mean, I basically have no issues stalking him on Twitter, and I don't know. I it, yeah. I find it shocking that he's ever replied to me, let alone replied to me. I don't know. Six or seven times, but exactly. it's um, it every it's funny when he replies to me. I, I can't like people text me right away. Like the Rock replied to you. I'm like, yeah, I know. I'm well aware of it. Um, <laughs> that's uh, that's funny. I, so speaking of the Rock, let's get into the wrestling thing. So, are you 
the like official WWE reporter, quote unquote, for ESPN? No, you know what? The interesting thing is we launched the site without like anyone full time on it. So it is a labor of love for like everyone who does it. So I, I let them know, listen, I'm a wrestling fan. When the when there's a when there's a chance, I would love to help out. Um you know what? What what we had to do at the beginning it was like a conversation that I had with the WWE was like, well, like me covering it, I don't want to talk to these guys about their, you know, like I, I don't want them to be like skin character. I, I want them to talk about right. like right. who they are in their life, and that's always a struggle. And listen, if I go to an event, this has been the hardest thing. But now I think we have it. Uh, the majority of the events that we go to, you know, in in a traditional sport. You have pre-game availability and post-game availability. And what I said was like, hey, can I get one of these guys pre-show and one of these guys post-show? Um, and they've, they've not like all the time, but they've been pretty good about that, which is great. Like Shinsuke Nakamura, when he won the Royal Rumble, for me to be backstage with him and just take the character away and just say, hey, man, from where you've been at to, to this point, Let's talk about that. Like, let's talk about what that like what that means to you, and how you've developed your character, and if it's tough going to SmackDown. And so, that's cool. Um, like every now and again, you'll get you'll get the guy who wants to kind of revert back to character. Of course, and you, you know, that's always tough. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, I'm um, I'm fascinated yeah. by the whole ESPN WWE thing, and I, I'm not sure. going to get into it with you because I don't want to put you on the spot. It's a tough. No, know, I feel you. But you I've, know, listen. I've heard you talk about it. I, I will say this. It is not something that, like, they started this site and, like, we went out and hired an, an entire staff. Like, the people who work on that section and who produce the content for that section are just like you and me. Like, they right. have, like, other, like, responsibilities. Like, they have to cover, like, UFC or boxing or whatever. But they love Raw and they love SmackDown. And when they have the opportunity like, they want to, like, you know, say, hey, can I do this story on John Cena or whatnot? So well, what I'm I do know what you're saying, but it's sort of like this site that's like, we all love it and we want to kind of produce content on it. And in a perfect world, we'd have this entire staff that's totally devoted to it, but we don't have that quite yet. Well, it's also, I mean, listen, like I said, I don't want to put you on the spot and get into it with you. Because no, I, I, yeah. I, we cover the wrestling stuff here. And it's a tough, tough thing because you want access to the wrestlers. And I'm like you. I have them on my pot. I've had Rollins and Roman Reigns and um, The Miz. And and you want them out of character. But I know. In order, but you also have this thing where, like, you know, you have to – there is, there is um, some unseemly side of the business that you have – you know, if someone gets busted for, you know, the steroids or if, you know, Deadspin's been doing this whole thing about, you know, Vince and in the past with sexual harassment and the Me Too. So, like, you know, you don't want to piss them off. And so it's a very tough thing. So I'm, I'm fascinated to watch how ESPN handles it because – Well, you're 100% right. But I do think that's the difficulty with not having – a a 100% dedicated reporter who's like who has sources who say hey according to my sources here's what's happening because like like we we are um, in a tough spot where like we're, we're kind of just going off of um, what we're hearing or what we're told and like you know it, listen if someone gets arrested we're going to talk about that right like it, the Enzo Amore yeah. thing for is a good example exactly yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um. 
Give me what wrestler have you met, WWE guy, who you really like, not as the wrestler, but speaking to him. Like you mentioned Nakamura, I don't know if there's any others. Like I'll give you an, like I've had Roman Reigns on my podcast twice, and nothing. He's nothing like he is on TV. It's he's great to have a conversation with. Love Seinfeld. Yeah. Who have you gotten to know anyone away from the you know character of it that you um, thoroughly enjoy? Nakamura, and I bring that up because I actually think he speaks well. I think they maybe don't think he cuts a promo well, but when I sit down and talk with him about like his love of surfing and his love of like food and like just being a part of the company now, like he's really great. I think he gets self-conscious when he's in front of the crowd to the point where like I, I don't know whether he's at the point where he wants to like cut a promo where it's long. But I've had some, like, really great conversations with him where he'll stop, like, halfway through, and he's like, can you clean that up? Like, can, can, uh, like you, do you know what I'm trying to say? I'm like, dude, yeah. you're doing a great job. Like, right, right. So I think he's self-conscious about the way that he speaks English, but he's great. Um, I want to I wanna reminisce. Oh, so wait, are you going to be at – so wait, February 25th is a pay-per-view. Are you going to that? I will be there. Let me, <laughs> so if it's in Los Angeles or Las Vegas, and this is, like – like, this is wrestling overload for me, but I really can't wait. It's Elimination Chamber Vegas. I'm going to come back to Los Angeles, so I'll be at the Honda Center for Raw <laughs> and then uh, Staples Center for SmackDown. And then WrestleMania, I assume you'll be there no matter where it WrestleMania is. WrestleMania is my favorite. That was something that I always, like, to be honest, listen, if we weren't covering it, I would ask for, like, that time off to go to WrestleMania <laughs> because once you go – it is such a fun event just to kind of uh, just to kind of see a ton of people that you haven't seen in a long time and go to that event and you get all the fans from like London who are like chanting and singing. It has become an event that I, I, I really said if we stop covering it, I'm still gonna go because yeah. I love this event. And the Monday after WrestleMania, the Raw after it's WrestleMania, not, it's the is best those. Raw of the year. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's reminisce about your SI days. Um, <laughs> I. I would you say the Kate Upton Dougie video is what you're most famous for? You know what? I think so. And it was surreal because it was after game seven and my beloved Dodgers lost and I thought we were going to win. Well, no, no, we that was, I'm, I'm talking about, I'm talking about when you filmed her, the first, the, the, the original video, you were at a basketball game. I know, but I'm going to tell you, I okay. mean, the, the reason I, I thought, listen, I filmed that video I don't know how long ago, she probably forgot about me. And as soon as she sees me on the uh, field, she's like, hey, Arash. And I'm like, okay, so she, she remembers. And then she came up to me and she gave me a hug. And then she introduces me to Joseph Verlander. And it's my pin tweet just because I think it's so funny. Like, she introduces me to Justin Verlander, and you can see he quickly wants to, like, he doesn't care. He wants to move on. And then she's like, he filmed my the Dougie. And he's like, what? Like, the way he looks at me is, like, hilarious. So, um... That was a, a, a very, like, interesting moment where you never know what's going to hit. You, you never know what's going to catch fire. So we're at a Clippers game, and she's like, I, I learned to do this dance. And I was like, well, you've you got to show me. And she's like, well the, well, the song has to come on. And that Clippers DJ, whoever he was, that song came on, <laughs> and she starts doing the dance. And, Jimmy, my biggest fault in that is I put it on TwitVid. If anyone remembers what TwitVid was. Oh, like, yeah. this is back when Twitter didn't have the capability of posting video. So you had TwitFit. I've been told several times if I had posted that on YouTube, 
you know, not that I'm looking to make anything off right. of this, but I, shoot, I mean, I mean, it would have been nice if I put it on YouTube. I think, I think anything that was filmed on Twidvid is gone too, right? Like it's is, gone. Yeah, like yeah. there is no proof except for my laugh. And anyone who knows me, if you watch that video, you can hear my laugh in the in the background. Like it's. I mean, I wish I had posted that on YouTube. But again, like it's sort of like you know, you post that video, you think it's cute or whatever. Next thing I know, it's got like a million views and everyone's talking but how about did, it. How did you end up with her at a Clippers game? So Damaris Lewis is a good friend of mine. Oh, okay. And I don't think I did the Q&A with Kate. I think I, I, I had just left during Kate's first year. Um, by the way, and we could talk, this is always my favorite time of year, year, the SI Swimsuit Launch Week, where back in the day, like, the party would be in New York, and they would take, like, an awkward reporter like myself and say, hey, <laughs> your job this evening is to make sure Damaris Lewis is having a good time. Basically, make sure she has a drink in her hand, make sure if she needs to walk from point A to point B, you're there. Uh, that was always the highlight of my year at Sports Illustrated. But Damaris Lewis is in town. And, and she's like, let's go to a game. And so she's like, can I bring my friend Kate? I mean, really, that's what it was. Can I bring ah, okay. my friend Kate? I'm like, yeah, sure. And that, that's how it happened. Yeah, because that video sort of launched her into another, uh, took it to yeah. another level. It's well, That's great that she remembers you all those years later. I, I mean, I just. That is pretty cool. Yeah. That is pretty cool, yeah. And there was another, I remember this. Uh, now I don't know if this is bad or good, but I remember when you worked at SI you did some story from the Playboy Mansion where there's some injured player who had like a playmate on his shoulder. It was Andrew Bynum of the, Andrew. of the Lakers, and the Lakers were playing that night. That was and a, he is. I remember that being a big that ruckus amazing. in the that was a big ruckus in the office. So Andrew Bynum was injured, but you yeah. ran. You saw him at the Playboy Mansion with someone on it, walking around with a model, a Playboy playmate, I guess, on Playboy his shoulder. So it's not only that he's walking around and like a smoking. Uh, jacket or whatever you call it, right? right. It, he's walking around with a playmate on his shoulders. And listen, God bless him. You're having a good time. You got the playboy match. You got a playmate on your shoulder. You're having the time of your life. However, your team is currently playing that night. The Lakers are playing the Atlanta Hawks that night, and Andrew Bynum is there. And this is before the days of, I think it was, like smartphones. or right. But there was a photographer there. And I said, hey, do me a favor. Take a picture of that and send it to me. And so he did, not really knowing who it was. And I did a blog post. This was no, a wait. fan nation. Remember we had fan nation for a little while? Uh, I think I, 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 that's where I, I wrote that. Piece yeah, that was a big before. debacle. Um, but wait, <laughs> so wait, what were you doing at the Playboy Mansion with Andrew Bynum? Like, how did that night even, how did that happen? So whenever they had anything sports related at the Playboy Mansion, which is like amazing that I was in that position, but like, hey, listen, we're having a Super Bowl watch party at the Playboy Mansion. Like, would you like to come? Or we're having a... Like, if there was something sports-related... All right, I got you. They had me there. And so the, I, I really forgot what the sports connection that night was, but there was something sports-related. So, right, so and then you got, you got the picture of Bynum. We, SI, ran a blog post on it. And yeah. wasn't there blowback because I guess you're not supposed to... I don't know. Was there fallout from that? Did you get in trouble? Well, listen, there was blowback from, like, the Lakers because it's like... Are you covering the team or are you covering, like, the celebrity? Are you covering TMZ? And I said, listen, like, I said, listen if Andrew Bynum was in the corner of the room having a drink with the playmate, I'm not doing a story on that. But the fact of the matter is this guy is hurt. He's injured. He's not playing for you guys. He's not even showing up on the sideline to, leave, like, even pretend like he cares. He's at the Playboy Mansion with a playmate on his shoulder. So, like, like that's – I think that's newsworthy. And, by the way, we've come to – figure out what kind of a 
player he was. He didn't <laughs> really care. So right, right. yeah. Um, that's so great. Are you? I know you have to be like a reporter, but are you like tight with any athletes? Because I would imagine athletes probably love chatting with you because you're so personable and you're at all these crazy events. Like, can you text? You Blake? know what? I really think I think it's the guys that I've known for the longest. Like, if I went to college with, so they're not even currently playing. Like, if I went to USC with a guy, right, right. Um, but like, it's really hard. And like, where you know, I'm saying 2018, but even you can go back a few years. Like, there's sort of a disconnect. Like, we're not. There's no guy that in the off season that I'm like hanging out with, you know. Per you don't. Se. Like, you don't I'll, text. You, you know, don't text Blake Griffin. No, but here's the thing. If I see him out and about, we're cordial. Like, we've had drinks. If I see him, I'll be like, hey, what's up? Like, right, whatever. Right. Well, it's not like I'm calling him on his phone and saying, hey, bro, it's Thursday. Like, you want to hang out? You right. know what I'm saying? It's not right. like that. Sorry about that lawsuit. And... Exactly. Yeah. I always go back to that scene in <laughs> Almost Famous where it's like, like they're not your friends. Where Listen, I, I'm not against them becoming a friend. But at the same time, like, I'm not pretending that Blake Griffin is talking to me because I'm, right. like, this great guy. Like, I'm a reporter. Well, that's the thing. I mean, it's, it's like, it, that's the whole Twitter aspect. Like, when you mentioned my quote-unquote friendship with The Rock, that's not a friendship. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it is weird because, I mean, The Rock is someone, like, like I said, we've exchanged tweets. But, that's, but there are athletes you get to know because of Twitter and then... You know, you sort of, for for whatever reason, you hit it off, and there's this whole world where you're Twitter friends with someone, and it, you know, it's a whole weird, bizarre life. Like I think it's it's like someone that you you work with, but you're not gonna invite them to your house on the weekend. I guess right, so. Like, right. like I guess they're your friend, kind of. Like yeah, yeah. you're cordial, you yeah. know each other's name, how's life, whatever, whatever. But you're not taking it to like that next level of like hanging out, right? All right. Well, this uh, this was fun. I knew you'd have some good stories. Um, well, give me like the next three things you're covering. What or like traveling to? What what's like the calendar for February for Arash? Elimination Chamber. So, well, listen, the, the, the All Star Weekend is always fun. It's a little bit weird. It it's being held here in my hometown of Los Angeles. I usually like going to Houston or somewhere else for that, but it's here. Elimination Chamber, um, the following weekend in Las Vegas, which has become like the my home away from home. I do love Las Vegas. And then the DNC Tournament, where I'm still trying to figure out if I'm actually going to be at a first or second round uh, uh, site or Vegas. Jimmy, if you had a pick, I'm sure you're picking Las Vegas, right? Of course. And out of all the stuff, yeah, right? out of all the stuff we've talked about in the past 20 minutes. The Timberlake party, the Elimination Chamber, <laughs> WrestleMania. The most boring thing you've mentioned is the Final Four of the NCAA tournament. <laughs> like, that would be, like, the last thing I'd want to cover out of all that stuff. All right, well, point, yeah. I, thank you for coming on. This was fun, and um, keep the good Instagram pics going. Thanks, Jimmy. Talk right, to you soon. Take it easy. All right, my thanks to Richard Deitch and Arash Markazi for joining me on this edition of Off the Board. We'll see you next week. Take care.